Right, am I now living? Is that now? Is that, yeah, it's working, I think. Great, well, uh, it's a great privilege to be able to preach this morning. Um, I'm going to be... Well, let's just start here with some prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for bringing every single person here today uh, to gather together as your family. And we ask, Lord, that you'll be with us all and with me as we get into Psalm 139. And we ask this in your name. Amen. All right, just let me... Technology, don't we love it? Okay. Um, so this morning I'm going to preach on Psalm 139. Um, a lot of this psalm is around David being in the depths of despair, but moving to the heights of joy. And I think we've all done that in our walk with the Lord. There's been times, even including today, when we've been really down. And there's been times when we've been elated at God's faithfulness and the joy he brings to our lives and to others. So I'm going to start just by reading the psalm. And it goes like this. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am with you. 
If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. So I'm going to talk a bit about me and a bit about Psalm 139 this morning. Um, I became a Christian in 1983, around the time that the late Luis Palau, the big evangelist, was running a mission to London. The Holy Spirit came upon me on a tube train heading into London, where I had a summer job, which basically involved making coffee and operating an enormous Xerox photocopier. So my days was basically spent doing this. And it was like a sort of muscle memory. You just kind of make all these photocopiers and make all this coffee, but you have a bit of thinking time, which is kind of nice. It was a pretty tedious job, but without the job, I would not have had the daily thinking time the journey into London gave me to think about what Pastor Luis had been preaching on. As a new Christian, my fervent desire at the time was to see God's work overseas from the UK, and so I found myself, by God's grace, volunteering with the Africa Inland Mission for a few months the following year. I lived with Pastor Joseph, who spoke no English, in a tiny house down the track from the church he led in Mombasa on the coast of Kenya. Before I left, I needed to raise funds for the trip. And as Nathan would say, I did the math and found I was 200 pounds short. The night before I left for Kenya, my home group leaders came round to our place with a card, hugs, and a very thick envelope. It was embarrassingly thick, but it contained exactly the 200 pounds I needed. I wept at the strong sense that I was exactly where God wanted me to go. This morning, I want to journey through Psalm 139. It's one of my favorite psalms for all kinds of reasons, which I hope will become clear as I share with you this morning. A little bit of background first. The book of Psalms comes almost halfway through the Bible, which I knew. There are 150 Psalms, which I knew, and David wrote half of them which I didn't know until I prepared for this sermon. The Psalms fall into five sections, and they follow the first five books of the Bible, the five books of Moses. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Section five, mainly written by David, is Psalms 107 to 150. And it covers similar themes to what you find in Deuteronomy, which focuses on praise and thanksgiving to God. Most of the psalms were originally set to music for worship purposes, so Psalm 139 could be described as a special worship psalm. 
It's certainly very special to Elizabeth and I, as it was one of the readings we had at our wedding back in 2011, two years before we moved from Somerset to Dundee in 2013. People often ask us how it was we came to move from Somerset to Dundee. Don't worry, the sermon's not going to be twice as long. It's a long story, but a God story. And the most concise version of why we moved up here is quite simply the grace of God. You can, re you can relax now. You're not going to get a long story. It's the grace of God. The other week in our men's ministry, we were talking about men's mental health and how when we ask each other, how are you, we quite often say, fine. When God asked how David was, David did not say fine. No, he didn't. He was a bit more detailed than just saying fine. He said, you have searched me, Lord, you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down, and you are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. God knows us completely. He knows our words before we say them. We should never forget that. And we should be comfortable telling God when we are not fine, when we have struggles and anxieties and worries that may be way too much to handle, but not too much for God. You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. God knows us completely. He knows our words before we say them. And again, we should never forget that. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. And this connects with Romans 8, where Paul writes, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine? Plenty of persecution and famine going on in the world right now or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No shortage of slaughter going right these days. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And he knows us completely wherever we are and wherever we may end up, both emotionally or geographically. For me, as a humanitarian aid worker, this basic eternal truth has been so real for me on countless occasions. When passing dollars under a table, in a cafe, in Congo, to a pastor who needs the money to cross a military front line. 
to leading a team in Afghanistan in a Taliban-controlled area where they are taking over a medical center for evil purposes, to navigating checkpoints in Syria or closer to home from cycling from Land's End to John O'Groats to raise funds for a church construction project. God has been with me wherever I have been. For me, as a father now that Jack and I are, by God's grace, parents to Jack, we are trying to teach him that God loves him more than he can imagine and that he will always hold his right hand fast. These verses not only relate to me as an aid worker and Christian, they relate to the very people displaced by war and conflict I work with. We think of our brothers and sisters in Christ in this congregation, from Hong Kong, from Ukraine, who are now settled, or as settled as they can be, on that far side of the sea, here in Dundee. God will always hold our right hands fast, always. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you, the light will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. The psalmist David is down in the dumps. He's not in a good place, but he knows the grace of God. He knows God's eternal promises to lift him up. Then, later in the psalm, he goes on to talk about where he, David, is from. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. God made each and every one of us. We are made in his image. All the days ordained for me, Adrian, were written in his book before one of them came to be. A few weeks ago, Elizabeth, Jack, and I were down at the local scout hut in Muirhead for the Scouts AGM. Jack has benefited hugely from all the various activities they have put on over the last year, and he went on his first camping weekend without mum and dad a few weeks ago and had a very special time. I was thinking back to the first time I myself went into a scout hut in Scotland. It was a very, very long time ago, 1980 in fact, when I spent the night on the floor of Pitlockery Scout Hut, up in Pitlockery, en route to the hills of Ascent in Sutherland, which is about five hours north of here. It's actually where we're heading on a family camping trip in a week's time. That visit was a seminal experience for me, but only God knew that later I would be living now in Scotland with Elizabeth and our Jack. Isn't that just amazing? It's the grace of God. 
If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. This is where I, Dave, this is where I dive onto Nathan's global radar. Ukraine Patriarch Kirill, the head of the Russian Orthodox Church, implicitly supports Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine. He claims that Russia is not the aggressor and that genocide is being perpetrated by Ukrainians against Russian speakers in the Donbass. And we have been here before. Russian Orthodox priests have blessed bombs destined for Syria and Crimea. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. David's hatred for his enemies is coming from his zeal and love for God. David's desire was for God's righteous justice on these people, not for personal vengeance of any kind. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. In the last two verses of the psalm, David is imploring God to search for, search out his sin. He's asking God to reveal sin that David may be unaware of. We should be doing the same in our work with God, asking God to help us repent specifically and effectively for the wrongs we have done. After all, we're not perfect. Only Jesus was. On a lighter note, a long time ago, I went to a restaurant with friends, and the restaurant was, wanted people to drink plenty of beverages with their pasta and pizza. And so the menu said, don't forget to order your wine and beer so that you can guzzle as you go. A lot of this psalm is not about guzzling. <laughs> it's about grappling and going. And it's about grappling and growing. So... We need, as Christians, we need to grapple as we grow, and we won't grow if we don't grapple. So grappling is okay. Suffering is normal as a Christian. And I encourage you all to share your grapples, share your struggles, and grow together. Thank you. Amen.